Welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man, where we talk about whatever we feel like, which is usually sports and movies, but also other random stuff that comes onto our heads. I'm Pat. And I'm the Fat Man, otherwise known as Bruce. And today, we're going to be talking about Star Wars. Episode 3, Revenge of the Scythe. The, uh, Sith. The, wait, it's, it's Sith? Y- yes, Pat. A scythe is something that you chop wheat down with. No, it's Scythe, Bruce. Come uh, on, that's not how you would pronounce that at all. Listen, you can't fool me like that. I know you got a college education, all right? <laughs> I mean, it's from Texas, so but it's still you. a college education. Oh, oh it is, it's from Texas A&M. Thank you very much. I mean, I know half of you are farmers, but still. Yeah, it's accurate. <laughs> uh, we've got a pretty good business school these days. I mean, because, you know, the engineering dropouts have to go somewhere. Oh! <laughs> I learned too much math not to use it. That's right. That's kind of how that goes. Okay, so Revenge of the Sith. All right. First impressions of the fat man. Absolutely. My favorite of the three prequel trilogies. A lot more action, a lot better pacing. You're not jumping back and forth between the stories too much. There's a lot of problems with the dramatic moments, and that's just because you're not given enough time to let it build. Mm. The story's a little soft, I think, in just that the gullibility of Anakin Skywalker, because you're like... (laughs) These high and mighty Jedi, you'd think that, you know, all these years traversing the galaxy, he would be less of a sucker. (laughs) (laughs) You'd hope, but uh, yeah. Right. But like I said, cinematography, good. Music, very good. So like I said, it's my favorite of the three prequels. Yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and mirror that. It is uh, my favorite of the three prequels. It's also probably in my top three it's possibly in my top two of the saga. You know, granted, we've got one that we haven't seen yet. So, you know, there's going to be a jumble after that. But it's definitely my favorite of the prequels, and it's one of my favorite overall. Just like the first one was a kid's movie. So episode one, solid kids movie. Episode two, not another teen movie. Mm. Target audience appeared to be, I guess, what we would call tweens these days. Although I don't even know if that term's in use anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It was useful when it was. So like 12 to 15 year olds. This movie is obviously for the next five year range from... 15 to 20. Anakin is the primary character. He's in that age range. He's in the upper half of that age range or the upper bit. And the style of the movie, the pacing, the dialogue, the dramatic scenes, all that is kind of built around an 18 year old to 20 year old thought process, way of doing things kind of a deal, which explains why he's such a sucker. (laughs) (laughs) Even when I first saw this movie, I was just like, really? Yeah. Really? (laughs) My primary problem with this film is pacing hilariously. And it's because, uh, and you sort of alluded to it in those dramatic scenes, you just don't have enough time. Right. Which funny enough, some of the other dramatic scenes, it uses the nothing is happening format to advance dramatic tension it uses those exceedingly well in this movie like if i was to point out a movie that that's made in like quote unquote the modern era but i guess it's more like the last 20 years that does a really good job of using a scene where absolutely absolutely nothing happens but it advances the plot line significantly this would this movie would be it because there's two of those scenes in this movie and they're done excellently like i don't come out of either of those scenes feeling like well i just wasted 10 minutes of my life <laughs> For no freaking reason. 
<laughs> like if you watch a lot of B, B science fiction movies, there will be scenes where you're watching somebody walk across a room or you're walking, watching somebody at a desk writing. They're just staring at each other. It pans three or four times and nothing <laughs> yeah. happening. And like, nothing, <laughs> and it's not a build in dramatic tension. There's no, there's nothing going on. There's nothing advancing in the storyline. Which in this one, those scenes are vitally important. But there are pacing issues. Pretty much every action scene is well done, is fun, is enjoyable. Maybe the last action scene isn't quote unquote fun. You know, the fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin is... I would say that it's not enjoyable, but fun is definitely in a word you kind of use with exciting. Yes. So yeah, so it's exciting and it's it's tragic, but it's grandiosely tragic. And so it's something you want to watch. And for me, at the end of that fight scene, the dialogue there really is one of the few times where I actually felt the most emotion out of this prequel. So when we get there, I can talk about that. Oh, yeah, by far. So yeah, so that's that's my general overview. I love this movie. My only problem is, like you said, there's too many sucker moments. <laughs> there's too many. We move from this scene to this scene and holy crap, things have advanced. Really, you know, I saw that they were going in that trajectory, but I, I need another scene or two to get from there to there and we're, we're already there. So, okay, I'll accept it. Because mm. I don't want to get left behind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't dig my heels in, you know, to say, no, go back because they're not coming back. So there's always a couple moments where you're just yelling at the screen. Wake the f- up. <laughs> Wake the McGurkin up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, so uh, let's go through this movie. So we start with our crawl. The first word would be really good if it wasn't just the first word of a paragraph. <laughs> so the, the first word is war. <laughs> <laughs> what is it good for? Right, but it'd be cool if it was like just center of the screen, you know, big words, war, you know, because you're like, oh, okay, yeah. now, whoa, you're coming at me. But it's yep. one word and you're like, oh, I was supposed to be excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it talks about how the war rages on with the separatists heroes on both sides evil everywhere and that the separatists have basically blitzkrieged coruscant and kidnapped the chancellor yep you get two jedi that are on their way to rescue him so we're gonna stop right there just because i you got to think at this point if you're reading that you're going well they were able to hit the capital and kidnap one person if you were going to do that why didn't you just take the planet (laughs) You you take the most important guy on the planet but not the whole planet and obviously there's a whole fleet because we're about to go see the whole fleet (laughs) yeah so was this really the wisest military action you can come up with okay (laughs) then we come into space again and we see two starfighters come in as they're doing their little flying maneuvers it kind of just rolls into a giant space battle yes so i'll go ahead and premise this saying this is probably the most disappointed i've ever been in a film ever only because, and I know this and I agree, is that it's too short. No, that is not at all. Really? So, yes, my problem with this is what I want out of a Star Wars movie is folks with lightsabers trying to hit each other with those things <laughs> and a space battle, crazy space battle fun stuff. And what I envision as the ultimate space battle is like Return of the Jedi, where 
you know, the space battle going on while they're assaulting the second Death Star. Right. Or when they, they can't assault it. So they're, you know, ship to ship. That is what I was expecting out of this. In that uh, version of space battle, you're moving the camera constantly from different different pilots, different ships, there's stuff going on, right. there's things going on constantly. And so that's what I was expecting because there was some lead, you know, they, they had told us, okay, the first, you know, scene is going to be a space battle scene. It's going to be over Coruscant. I was like, oh, I was super excited for it. And then what we did was we followed two small ships in a space battle. Right. It basically rushed to the end. Yeah. <laughs> with some scenes just... <sighs> stupid scenes. (laughs) I mean, they're they're better now that I'm far away from my super disappointment, but I remember this very distinctly as the most disappointed I've ever been in a film (laughs) moment in my life. And there were some pretty, pretty hardcore disappointments for movies I've had. Especially when you consider that a big chunk of this battle was the fact that the missile that was launched at Obi-Wan wasn't really a missile. It just deployed a bunch of other little smaller bots. And you're like, is that really an effective weapon? I mean... (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That scene right there, the mini bots. Yes. Where they're on Obi Wan's. And I'm just like, this. We've gone full retard. Like it's <laughs> well, it's just like waste of time moment. Like you know, we're yes. going to give you your battle in space by giving you this. And you're like, n- n- no, yeah. no, that's not a battle in space. That's you just yeah. killing time. Yeah, all that stuff happening behind that, like that you're kind of fuzzing out because we're focused on this stupid little like droids crawling across your star. That's the space battle. Give me that. <laughs> yeah, and that just takes an innate amount of time. It just took so much time. And you're just like, Ugh. you know, and the fact that. We've seen clone troopers really just, you know, take to a battle and, and decide a battle on this one. It was like the pilots were completely useless. <laughs> well, no. In fact, they were being used to get shot down. <laughs> like they were getting wiped out by the vulture droids. And Anakin's like, I'm going to go help him. And Obi-Wan's like, no, let him die. Let him die. That's their job. <laughs> They're going to get us to the ship by dying. I'm like, huh. Okay, then. <laughs> well, it's not like they're people. <laughs> Suggestion for a podcast. <laughs> Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World it covers cloning and whether they have souls or not. <laughs> Spoiler alert, they do. <laughs> There's a bunch of little bot things. And then, you know, of course, <laughs> you really got a question when Anakin was talking in the previous news about how good of a pilot he was when he did his much damage as those droids did, if not more. Oh, yeah, when he's trying to, like, scrape them off the ship with his own ship, or shooting only yeah. one ship, and you're just like, hmm, I feel like a Jedi should be able to do more than this. Right. Especially the best pilot ever Jedi. Something to note that the conversation between Obi-Wan and Anakin is less petulant on Anakin's side. He's a lot more mature. It's obvious he's not a Padawan anymore because he's got hair. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like He respects Obi-Wan's orders like Obi-Wan gives him an order and he follows through on it. He doesn't go help the uh, the pilots who are getting wiped out by the, the vulture droids. You know, and the, the space battle that I get to see in the, ba- in the background was a lot of fun. Like when we're following the ships, especially before the stupid missiles, like before that point, mm-hmm. it's pretty good like it's, it's a decent space battle it wasn't what i wanted but it's fun right. to watch this is a really good battle and like i said you wanted more yeah i wanted i wanted the battle like i wanted to see the, like okay yes you couldn't show me the whole battle because that would last for hours blah 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 blah. don't care <laughs> like, i wanted to see more than i got but they get through that mess and they do what you know action wise was a pretty cool thing you know they come they get into the hangar bay before the doors close and obi-wan and another baller move launches himself out of the cockpit <laughs> and starts taking oh, it yeah. to the battle droid 
fights. Yeah, he is tearing them apart. But it was just the, the fluid motion of it. Super action Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you push a button on the thing. <laughs> yeah, he springs out. Anakin like slowly walks out of his in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that was just, you know, Obi-Wan being more motivated, but probably more the fact of like, get me the hell out of this thing. <laughs> yeah. Which does beg the question, though, because they were in Starfighters. Like, how did they plan on getting the Chancellor out? <laughs> My assumption is that they thought there'd be a personnel transport on the thing, but that's a pretty big assumption for, you know, a droid ship. Yeah, solid. Solid question. I don't have an answer to that. I didn't even consider it, but yes. I was like, so you just went in there with two one-man fighters yeah. on a rescue mission to get somebody else. Yeah. What was the plan there? You kind of crash and come out guns blazing on a ship that's literally full of droids, right? Because it's the droid command ship. Yeah. Their fighters don't have cockpits because they're droids. Yeah, good question. <laughs> so, yeah, this fight scene, Hanger goes on. We get to see R2 actually do a little bit of fighting uh, in his own creative way. So that doesn't happen really till slightly oh, later. later. This is definitely a continuation of what began in the second episode, which is R2 is a badass. Basically, he springs his little flying jet thingies. And from that moment on, he's like the coolest droid ever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little fun with the uh, the two battle droids. I don't know. What, what are those called? The ones that have the super lasers? Yeah, the super battle droids. The ones with no necks. Super battle droids that have the awesome lasers on their arms. So they deal with the hangar droids and then they ask R2 to find the chancellor. They get into the elevator. It starts to go up and then stops because smart people shut down the elevators. <laughs> There's Jedi. <laughs> right. But then, you know, like you're saying, he was more mature, except for this moment where Anakin's like, well, I can't sit still, so I'm just going to do something without thinking. Starts cutting a hole in the roof, and, yeah. and Obi-Wan's like, you know, I could just call R2. <laughs> Which he does. Which he does. Which he does. And R2, you know, again, <laughs> sends the elevator up. <laughs> And actually, probably one of the mo- the best comedic moment in the series was in this scene. Anakin comes down from the top of the thing, and he's like, what happened? Obi-Wan's like, you know, they do the little back and forth. Anakin's like, don't make fun of R2. And Obi-Wan's like, I didn't say anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a husband and wife mm-hmm. arguing. I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The level of banter is a lot more among equals, and they're making jokes. And so it's a far departure from the awkwardness of the earlier movie. <laughs> Episode two. And I suppose episode one was awkward too, but <laughs> less so. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. They're both kind of awkward, but you don't have as much awkwardness now. <laughs> they make it up to the top where they find the Chancellor in his Palpatine throne. <laughs> yes. Got some locks on him, on his arms. They defeat the battle droids who are hanging out around the area, which, you know, all of this is a lot of fun watching them take apart battle droids. For some reason, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just fun. <laughs> it's fun to watch guys with lightsabers take apart battle droids. It just is. <laughs> and and as they're about to free the Chancellor, Dooku shows up. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And even in this fight, you see that maturity come through. So it's like, we'll take him together this time. It's like, I know. No, no, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and they do. So it was somewhat apparent in the fight with Yoda in episode two and in the individual fights that Dooku was skilled, but it becomes extremely apparent that he's very skilled with a lightsaber <laughs> in this one because he manages to handle both Obi-Wan and Anakin and he dispatches Obi-Wan. And then really it's him and Anakin and Anakin more or less eventually overcomes him. There is some sort of... I don't know what you call it, but pointing towards perhaps Anakin used his anger because Dooku was goading him on to do that. 
I sense much fear in you and anger, but you don't use them, and that makes you weak. Right, and then he takes his hands. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, and then he defeats him, and, and yeah, well, it cuts both his hands off. And then we have our first Anakin as a gullible boob moment. <laughs> yeah, standing there with the two lightsabers around his neck, which in the first place, like, why do you have to do that? Like, at that point, he's got no hands. Like, right. <laughs> he's sitting there, and, and the Chancellor's like, oh, well done, well done. Now, uh, now, now kill him. Yes, kill him. Just kill him. Just do it. Just kill him. And he's like, no, I really shouldn't. You should probably stay in trial. And then you get the Palpatine. Do it. <laughs> like, stop being a f- Do it. <laughs> And then he's like, all right. <laughs> it's just like, so you just took orders from this guy? I mean. And then afterwards, you can kind of tell. He's like, why did I do that? Right. Like, he actually says that out loud. He's like, well, I shouldn't have done that, should I? And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, he had to be killed. He, he wasn't trustworthy. Don't worry. I'll, I'll be your conscience on this one. <laughs> You're just like, that. He's obviously, I mean, he's wearing black. He's wearing black, Anakin. <laughs> I know you are too. So that should be a, <laughs> should be a warning <laughs> sign. <laughs> he's wearing all black and he told you to kill some guy <laughs> who you had literally disarmed, literally chopped his arms off <laughs> in true Obi-Wan fashion. <laughs> and see, that's kind of a reflective moment at one point when you go, huh, I shouldn't have done that, but I did do it. So why did I do it? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he ever takes that last step. Like, why did I do that? No, I shouldn't have done that. No, <laughs> not living in the past. Yep. <laughs> Except when it comes to women. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Oh, so true. Of course, Palpatine's like, "Let's get out of here," and then he can say, "Wait, yeah. we gotta get this old man." Palpatine's like, "Why?" Like, no, no, leave him for dead. We'll never make it in time. Leave him for dead. Leave him for dead. Leave him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yet another attempt to kill Obi Wan Kenobi fails on Palpatine's part. Hooray! Because let's be honest, it would be a shame to lose Ewan McGregor this early in the film. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they take off trying to get out and then they running down a hallway, get caught in a force field. Well, okay. So there's the, st- there's the elevator scene where they run down the elevator shaft. There is. And then, uh, Obi-Wan wakes up and. Did I miss something? Yeah. <laughs> what the <laughs> going on? What the McGurkin is going on here? <laughs> Who are you people? Why did you hug my head? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you and why am I in this handbasket? <laughs> so they were running down that, which I guess was kind of a cool scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you also have R2 there, you know, doing his like, he's in the pile of dead robots. <laughs> he pops up his little scope and he's going around. <laughs> See, I didn't really think about that until you just said that. He's like, just lying in a pile of dead robots. <laughs> Do you see? That's literally, he's under a pile of dead robots. <laughs> and they're all you know, like skeletal looking. So it's like really macabre if you're yeah, really I mean, thinking think about, about it. it. I mean, those are his people, right? <laughs> <laughs> you put a human in that situation and he's screaming. R2 is <laughs> just singing a little song. <laughs> I hadn't really played that fully out in my head yet, but it's pretty, it's pretty terrifying. Uh, <laughs> who's my little sociopath? 
then they start running down the hallway and getting stopped by the ray shields. You know, once again, Anakin kind of showing his maturity and goes, you know, I say we be patient. It's like, all right. And Anakin's like, yeah, R2 will be along shortly and he'll save us. And then sure enough, you hear R2 screaming, slam into the opposite wall, and then they get surrounded by droids. <laughs> R2 zaps one of them as a cheeky thing and the droid kicks him in the face, which let's be honest, that's probably what should have happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say, you know, what's funny about at this point, as much as we've mentioned Anakin's maturity growing, it's a real letdown for the rest of the movie. Yes. <laughs> You're like, huh, things have progressed pretty interestingly. This could be interesting. Then you watch the rest of the movie and go, well, none of those scenes make sense anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It turns out we only have to manipulate him a slightly more than we did before. <laughs> like, he's still manipulatable. We just have to hide it just a little bit, but not much. Well, if his bloodlust isn't raging through his body, he, he doesn't think straight. <laughs> <laughs> Even after a point, that gives out. <laughs> so then they get, for some reason, taken to the bridge, you know, the brain center of any ship, mm-hmm. to meet our new baddie for the movie, General Grievous. Yes, who is ultra strange as a character. You know, he gets announced in the starting scroll, and he's the, you know, evil general of the forces, and he's, it just comes off from the, the opening scroll that, that he's a badass, right? Mm-hmm. And the very first scene you see him, he's like pacing and hunched over and coughing all bunch and you're like huh (laughs) so we've got like an old man robot this is where when it was released a lot of the marketing really kind of did their thing because there was the gindy tarakovsky clone wars cartoons which lead into this which were amazing yes they're incredible it's like 12 episodes but it was incredible as far as i can tell not on disney plus i'm kind of pissed about that I gotta ask Kathy if we can get that now because I really want to watch The Mandalorian. But before we go off on that tangent, (laughs) so a lot of the Clone Wars cartoon stuff leads into a lot of the story, some of the story stuff here, such as how they got the the chance in the first place. And I do believe that the coughing you're hearing is the result of a battle from before. But if you hadn't seen the cartoons, you wouldn't know that. Right. And so you're just like, who is this guy? Like, he's supposed to be this super awesome guy, but he's not seemingly that super awesome. Okay, fine, whatever. And so then the droids bring the Chancellor and the two Jedi up to the forward bridge where Grievous and the bridge crew is. And they more or less, the Jedi spring a trap using their Jedi powers. Was, I'm, I'm confused as to why anybody who ever fights Jedi lets them be awake. <laughs> like, why would you not keep these guys in a coma? Or not severely drugged. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just seems like a bad call, because they can do so many things. <laughs> <laughs> Their abilities aren't exactly a secret. <laughs> yeah. But the fight that doesn't sue, you get the Grievous' guards back in the guards, which are kind of cool in the aspect of, okay, it's not going to be a total slaughter. <laughs> yeah, uh, they actually put up a fight. You know, there's an actual sword battle going on between both of them, which, again, is a lot of fun. And then uh, Obi-Wan even cuts one of their heads off and it keeps going. And you're like, finally, (laughs) somebody decided to put the central processing unit in the chest instead of the head. So as the fighting goes on, then you find out that Grievous has killed other Jedi. Yeah, because he has a collection of uh, lightsabers in his cloak. And so he decides he's going to... Wait, does he use them in this battle? No, he doesn't. Uh, basically, they yeah, they dispatch everybody. 
and Grievous decides he's going to take the pike, basically, that the Magna Guards are used, trying to fight them off, and then decides he's going to kill the Jedi by exposing them to vacuum by punching the uh, hole in the in the windshield with uh, the pike. Breaks the glass. Yeah. You lose, Kenobi. Boom. Which is one of the two amazing glass-breaking scenes in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't work. The safety shield closes before they can get sucked out, except for Grievous, who really isn't much of a of an actual living thing because then he just walks across the outside of the ship in vacuum. <laughs> yeah. The whole him being a droid thing is sort of reinforced by the fact that he can seemingly exist in space without a problem. But then he's also coughing, which requires air <laughs> and breathing. So... Yeah. <laughs> Which is why it's very much science fantasy than science fiction. Yes. Yes. The ship is getting torn apart by Republic forces. Mm-hmm. Does Grievous set a self-detonation? No. So that ship and one of the main cruisers of the Republic uh, broadside each other. Right. Which is a fantastic scene where they show giant laser cannons using some sort of shell. Yeah, shells. <laughs> Just like, wait a minute. That's <laughs> not necessary in any way. <laughs> Why do you have a cartridge or a shell from a giant bolt of light? Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, science fantasy. So then half the ship tears off and now they're flying dead stick into the planet, into Coruscant. Yeah, Grievous and everybody else abandoned the ship. So there's nowhere else to go. And so they crash into the atmosphere. And I, I just want to make a scientific comment. There is a lot of capital ship movement down up in the you see a lot of capital ships in the atmosphere in this movie not just like right now but like in the movie in yes. general yes that is that is stupid <laughs> like, it's hard enough to get little capsule ships up and down from space it takes so much fuel to do that you would never ever ever do that with anything big or heavy because it's just such a huge waste of fuel <laughs> never mind that you can't tell that they're burning it to begin with yeah uh, so a lot of the physics don't work either because if you want to move something that big in that way fast enough to escape you're also going to have to worry about it ripping itself apart due to the sheer physics of the situation (laughs) (laughs) it's very difficult for me to push the i believe button on that because of aforementioned degree (laughs) earlier in the uh early in the recording what the farming degree (laughs) yes the farming degree that's the one You hit it on the nose, Bruce. Good job. Golf yes. clap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bruce. <laughs> Just. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're doing a controlled crash, which is basically any landing, really, to Coruscant. Effectively, yeah. Into Coruscant. <laughs> and then you've got, you know, firefighter ships running alongside it, trying to put out the fires. Like, okay, what's that really? going to do in this situation. <laughs> well, so you're trying to... And yeah, obviously I'm going to have to come to the defense of this point because the whole <laughs> thing doesn't make sense in general. <laughs> this piece right here, it, it makes some amount of sense because one of the problems with Crash is the potential for explosions afterwards because of spilled stuff. So if you can quiet the fires down before the crash, you can help save some of the stuff from instantaneously igniting because it's not already on fire. But there are no engine systems. Hey, I... Mm, I'm just telling you. <laughs> There's no engine systems. There's no fuel here. I'm not going any further than that. <laughs> like, I'm not... There's not. There's nothing else for me to, to put it... No, I'm done. Like, <laughs> yes, it's ridiculous. Let's move on. 
<laughs> oh, we're not going to crash into the city, which the entire planet is the city. Right. <laughs> we're somehow maneuvered to crash into the spaceport, even though we're flying a ship that through literally half of this landing doesn't have any engines or maneuvering capability because it's only half of a ship. <laughs> <laughs> of course, no landing is complete unless you take out the air control tower. <laughs> oh, yeah. And of course, every time I watch it, I yell, Topper! <laughs> bust through the tower. I love you, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Even though you're a crazy, crazy <laughs> Negative Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. <laughs> pattern is full. Topper! Uh. So yeah, they land safely. Quote unquote. Quote unquote. <laughs> and then the next scene is them in the transport. Because isn't that where uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin have their little back and forth about who gets to go before the Senate? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. They land and uh, Palpatine gets off and Mace Windows there and he's saying, I'm, you know, I'm glad we were able to retrieve you. And Palpatine's all like, yes, we got Count Dooku, but Grievous is still at large. And as long as Grievous is at large, I won't be able to end the war. You know, which is this weird, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I totally want to end the war. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving up my power till the big guy's dead. <laughs> yep. yep. But he's co- he's coaching it in a way like they won't let me end the war until we get grievous. And Mace Windows like, well, that's our type priority then, because we need you out of power. <laughs> <laughs> then you get another beautiful exchange between uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan, where they joke and they talk about politics is not for Obi-Wan. He's going to go back to the Jedi Council and, and be all cool. And Anakin's going to have his day in the sun. Talking about who saved who and what situation yeah. from other battles during the war. <laughs> saved you ten times now. No, it's only nine because that one didn't count. <laughs> and it's just, it's a fun scene. I, so many good scenes between Christensen and McGregor in this one. It's such a like 180 degree turn from episode two. Mm-hmm. It's just sad how rapidly that degenerates. <laughs> at yep. the end of the movie. Yep, because then Anakin goes and shakes hand with Bail Organa. Jimmy Smith's Organa. <laughs> Jimmy Smith's Organa. <laughs> so they go start leading off to the Senate Rotunda, and all of a sudden, Anakin breaks away to go meet his wife in the shadows. Because <laughs> once again, they don't have a creepy relationship. In the, in the super, like, open shadows, like, hugs her and kisses her. And then, and then she's like, no, not out here. Like, after he goes in for, like, the second one, she's like, like, no, not out here. And I'm like, he already like, oh, you know, kissed you on the mouth. And like, I... And it's obviously nothing worse can happen to you. <laughs> yes, it's... It's... <sighs> This is super open. <laughs> you guys are you guys are doing a really crappy job of hiding it. You realize that? <laughs> just in the, the their whole relationship is just awkward because then he's like, "Oh, what's what's the matter? You're shaking," and he's just like, "I'm pregnant." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, this is great. <laughs> it's like wonderful news. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful." <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of how you expect that to go down between two people who are attempting to hide the fact that they're married. (laughs) Right. And they would be both completely rejected from their career paths if somebody figured it out. But then Anakin digs deep and decides to be happy about it, which is commendable. It's good stuff. She's like, what are we going to do? And he's like, let's not think about that. Right. (laughs) This is good news for us. Which is like such an 18-year-old response. (laughs) Solidly pins him. Oh, yeah. He's 20. (laughs) We're not going to think about that right now. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. (laughs) Like, yay, no planning. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. Remember, we have a website, patandthefatman.com. Check it out. Comment. 
you know, leave hate mail or, or non hate mail. I don't know what that's called. Love mail, love mail. And, uh, check us out on Patreon if you want to support the show. So I'm Pat. And I'm the fat man, otherwise known as Bruce. Stay classy. Really? You're, you're not going to say anything? <laughs> they don't deserve my words. <laughs> Please, don't don't cause our one and a half fans to stop listening. <laughs> we need those one and a half fans, Bruce. <laughs>